and chocolate and coconut, which is my favorite combo, one of my favorite. Although chocolate and caramel comes like second to that, you know. I don't know. I'd have a toss-up. Now, what if they made a chocolate caramel coconut? See, that would be, you know, yeah, my name <laughs> So, but thank you again for your blessing me. I received the blessings, and uh, and just uh, thank you so much. Um, just want to uh, share with you. Um, uh, you know, yesterday was my birthday. My mom turned eighty this year, uh, and uh, since the beginning of the year, she's been talking to my son and telling my son, you know, can you see if your mom will come home for the holidays? So, um, Monday morning, we're going to th- throw ourselves into the car. We're going to drive out and spend a week uh, with my mom and the rest of my family. Uh, so just want to let you know that, uh, but the leadership will be here, and that means you need to be here too, because if you're not, I will know, okay, and so my husband, and so, uh, you know, uh, so next, uh, on Wednesday and Saturday, uh, they'll be covering the, the service and taking care of everything, so please come and show your support for them, and uh, we really appreciate it, and then we'll be back the next week, so just wanted to share that with you. And again, encourage you uh, to be faithful, to come, and to support the others who are filling in in our absence, uh, because that's important to do. Let's pray for uh, before we hear the word of the Lord and the message this morning. Hashem, we thank you for your presence here today. Um, you're a good God, and it is so good uh, to be in your presence. Uh, we don't take it for granted, and God, we are so... Uh, honored that you would grace us here today uh, with your presence, God. We thank you that you continue to uh, lavish your love upon us, Uh, God, that uh, you uh, have a word to speak to our hearts now, and, and God, I pray that we would have ears to hear. Father, I pray that this word would produce uh, fruit in our lives, God, that you intended it to. Lord, you say that you send forth your word and it never returns void to you, but it always accomplishes what you send it forth to do. So, Lord, I pray that this word today would accomplish in my life and in my family's life and in the lives of everyone here uh, at this congregation and those listening on the podcast uh, uh, and for this congregation would accomplish exactly what you intended to accomplish. And we just want to thank you uh, for that. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. The message this morning is entitled, It's Time for Your Breakthrough. Amen. Anyone need a breakthrough? Yes. And the scripture we are uh, looking at this morning comes from Shmuel Bet, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. And this is a story of uh, King David. Uh, He had just been anointed king. And so listen as we read along here. When the Pilishtim heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Pilishtim went up in search of David. On learning of it, David went down to the stronghold. The Pilishtim came and deployed in the Rephaim Valley. Side note, Rephaim means the Valley of Giants, okay? David consulted Adonai asking, should I attack the the Philistine? Will you hand them over to me? Adonai answered David, attack, I will certainly hand the Philistine over to you. So David went to Baal Peretzim and defeated them there. He said, Adonai has broken through my enemies for me like a river breaking through its banks. 
This is why he called the place Baal Peretzim. And that was the same place as the Rephahim Valley, which now had a new name because of what God did. So the Valley of Giants became the valley or the place where God broke through. You have any giants in your life right now? Well, God wants to turn that valley of giants into the place where he breaks through on your behalf. Amen? And for this congregation. As we look at this story, we find that David found himself once again in a, t- a tough spot. The Philistine, who had been uh, lifelong enemies of Israel and of David himself, came looking to cause trouble when they heard that David had taken over the city of Jerusalem and was advancing the kingdom for Adonai. So David needed God to intervene on his behalf, and Adonai did that in a big way, breaking through and bringing release to David and his men. Like ancient Israel and David, uh, every one of us has an enemy of our souls. I want to encourage you that the enemy is not flesh and blood. Let me say that again. The enemy is not flesh and blood, although he might use flesh and blood to come against us. The enemy is Hasatan. Yeshua tells us that Hasatan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to wreak havoc in our lives and in this congregation. And if you notice in these verses uh, that it says that the Philistines came looking for David. They heard what uh, he was doing. They heard that he had been anointed king. They heard that he had taken Jerusalem, and they came looking for him. That is what the enemy is doing. The enemy is come, coming to look for you, okay? And you may say, well, why is he looking for me? I, you know, I'm not doing anything great. I'm not like David who was a king over a nation and things like this. But you call upon the name of Yeshua. And we have said this over and over again. Just because you think that you're insignificant and small in the kingdom of God, and why would the enemy bother with you? Because you call upon the name of Yeshua HaMashiach as your Lord and Messiah. So the enemy is coming looking for you. Kepha Allah, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Stay sober, stay alert. Your enemy, the adversary, stalks about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And that's exactly what the Philistine were trying to do. They heard about David, and they went looking to see if they could devour him, defeat him, overcome him. The enemy is coming against you right and left because he wants to defeat you. He wants to overcome you. He wants to overwhelm you. Uh, if nothing, uh, then to just discourage you, but more importantly, to make you lose hope and to lose faith, to make you shrink back and eventually turn from God. Now you say, well, I would never do that, but it's progression, how the enemy works in our lives. So you need to be alert. You need to stay sober and recognize that you have an enemy, and he is coming to eat you for lunch if you will let him. But the good news, there is a God who is on your side who wants to defeat that enemy in your life, not just right now, but next year and the year after, because this was not the first time that David faced the Philistine, and it wouldn't be the last time. And every time God brought deliverance to him, and every time God will bring deliverance to you and to me. But we need to understand that there is this battle that we are in. A few months ago, when we started the Jewish New Year, which this year is a year of Jubilee, remember? And I shared in my message that uh, the year of Jubilee meant it was a year of release, 
and the year of favor. That Adonai has encouraged us personally and as a congregation that the best is yet to come. Yet, for some, it may seem that things have gotten worse since the beginning of the Jewish New Year. And you may say to yourself, well, what is happening? I thought this was supposed to be a year of release, a year of favor. Why is things getting worse? I'll tell you why. Once again, because the enemy is roaring his head because he does not want you and he does not want me to walk in the release and favor that Adonai has for us. When all hell breaks out against you and me, we need to call upon God and say, God, come and break through in my life just like he did for David and like he did for the Israelites. So how are we going to experience breakthrough in our lives? Five things we're going to look at this morning. Number one is to pray. Very, very simple. Ask God what to do. Don't be presumptuous. Don't think you know what you are to do. A little later in this chapter, the Philistines, Philistines come against David again. And David prays one more time because he wasn't assuming that the answer would be the same. See, each new situation we find ourselves in, each season of our lives, requires that we seek God and seek his advice and seek his direction. Yaakov, James 1.5 says, Now, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. Novel idea. Ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Your Adonai is the best communicator. We've said this over and over again in messages. The problem is we do not have ears to hear. Our ears are not listening. Our ears are not tuned in to what he's saying. Either we are uh, wallowing around in our pity party. Who's, who's having a pity party this week? I know some of you are. So you're wallowing around, and that wallowing is a Missouri term. You can tell I'm getting ready to go visit my family. When I come back next week, I'm sure I'll have a few other terms that I have remembered and picked up. Well, when you're wallowing around in, in your own pity and stuff, you don't hear the word of the Lord. All you hear is yourself. And sometimes you need to tell yourself, self, shut up. Okay? So that you can hear the word of the Lord. David wasn't listening to himself. David wasn't listening to anyone else. David inquired of Adonai, and David heard what God was speaking to him. He wants to speak to us, and he'll speak to us through a message like this, through his ruach, through spiritual leaders, through godly friends. We simply need to ask. Seek direction from God. Don't just push your way forward without knowing what he would want you to do in the situation. Don't listen to well-meaning friends at work who have no relationship with God whatsoever. I'll tell you right now, some of you are taking advice from people who have uh, no uh, clue about God. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, stop it. You're seeking counsel in the wrong place. You seek it from God and godly people. Stop listening to those co-workers. Stop listening to those family members who are not yet believers. And again, not that we you know, don't love our family members, and things, but they don't have the mind of Messiah because they're not born anew yet. You need to seek God. Seek him for the answer. 
He has a plan. Do you know that? God has a plan for whatever Myrna is facing today, whatever Wayne is facing, whatever Ray Lynn is facing, whatever Christina is facing, whatever Fredis is facing, whatever we're facing as a congregation. God has a plan for each one of your lives right now. He knows where you're at. Nobody else may know in this congregation what's happening in your life. But God knows. He sees exactly. He sees everything you went through this past week. He sees the turmoil. He sees the pain. And he has a plan that is going to bring deliverance to you. But you have to ask him. You have to seek him for that plan. And just because last year he told you to do something in a similar situation doesn't mean that that's what he wants you to do today. Do you understand that? So seek God. God, show me what to do. In fact, why don't we just do that right now? We can all pray that prayer. It's very simple. God, show me what to do. That's the beginning. Allow God. Ask him. God, show me what to do. The second thing is to hear God's answer. David needed to listen to what God was speaking. In this instance, God said, go straight up. Attack them, and I will deliver them into your hands. Later in the chapter, as I said, the Philistines came against David again. David asked God, what shall I do? And God said, circle around. And wait until you hear the sound of the rustling of the top of the mulberry bushes. And when you hear that sound, then you're to advance. It was a different plan. So David had to hear what God was saying. He had to ask, but then he needed to listen to what God said. It's no good for you to ask God, and then when God tells you, for you to say, no, that's not the answer. I'm going to do it this way because, you know, this makes sense to me. We know from the Word of God and from history that God's answers don't always make sense. Right? He told Gideon, take 300 men with a pitcher in one hand and the torch in the other. Well, that makes a lot of sense, right? How are you going to defeat this army? But they did, right? He told Joshua and the children of Israel to march around the walls of Jericho for six days. And on the seventh time, to march around seven times. And then to give a shout on that seventh time, then to blow the shofar out. Now, that doesn't make sense, does it? Joshua could have said, you know, God, I, I appreciate your, your answering me and, and as I'm seeking you, but my generals tell me that that's not a good military strategy. So even though you're the God of heaven and the creator of, uh, uh, of the earth and you know what's best for me, uh, I'm going to listen to my generals because they're military strategists. And you're just God, and you're not right here. So this plan of marching around these walls while all the, those uh, people in Jericho are looking down at us and, you know, uh, making fun of us, and uh, I don't think so. Now, we know that's not what Joshua did, but that's often what we do. We say, God, show me the way. Pray it. God, show me the way. Now, God's going to answer you. He's going to answer you in this message, and he's going to answer you in this week ahead. But you need to listen to what God says. And some of you are already uh, refusing to do that. 
and it's not going to go good. Breakthrough's not going to come if we don't listen. We have to listen to what God says. Again, God has a different plan and strategy. Each time the enemy raises his head up, God does have a plan that will lead us to victory. When David faced Goliath, what did God tell him? Take a slingshot and five stones. Now, that was the only time that God ever told someone to take a slingshot and five stones to go out against someone. He didn't do it to Joshua later, uh, I mean, before, earlier. He didn't do it later with Jehoshaphat. He only did it to David, and only did it to David one time because that was what God wanted David to do at that moment. And David listened. He listened to the plan that God gave him. You see, we need to hear God's voice clearly and know what he is calling us to do at this season, at this time of our life, in order to experience the release and the breakthrough that we say we so desperately need and want. Devreha Yumim Allah, 1 Chronicles 12.32, talks about the descendants of Yisachar, and it says they were men who understood the times and seasons, and they knew what Israel ought to do. You and I have to have that same spirit as these men of Issachar. We need to understand the time and season we are in and know what we are supposed to do, and that is going to happen as we listen to Adonai. And listening requires obedience. That's inherent in the meaning of the Hebrew word Shema, which we sing the Shema every week, Shema Yisrael, Hear, O Israel. Shema means that we have to be obedient. Friends, without obedience to the principles of God's word, we will never, ever, ever experience release, favor, or breakthrough. You're kidding yourself to think it will. Well, God knows my heart. God knows, yeah, he knows your heart. But he's telling you right now, Shema, obey. Hear, listen, and obey. General Dwight Eisenhower said, there are no victories at discount prices. All right? No victories at discount prices. You're not going to get breakthrough if you don't shma. Hear, listen to, but obey what he's telling you to do. You cannot ignore the principles of the word and expect breakthrough. And you cannot change the word to fit what you think, and manipulate it to mean what you think it should mean. Yeshua says in Luke eleven twenty eight, far more blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Blessings come. And Yehoshua, Joshua 1, 8, he says, this book of the law, or this translation here says, keep the book of the Torah on your lips and meditate on it day and night so that you will take care to act according to everything written in it. Okay. So take this word, meditate on day and night. Why? Read it with me. So that you will take care to act according to everything written in it. Read it again. So that you will take care to act according to everything written in it. That means that you will obey what it says. Okay, so you can memorize scripture. You can quote it till you're blue in the face. But if you don't do what it tells you to do, that's where things break down. But the promise here is that when you do according to what's written in it, then what? 
read the rest of the verse with me, then your undertakings will prosper and you will succeed. Success will come to us and breakthrough and release and the favor that God wants to bestow upon us will come into our lives as we shema, listen, hear, and obey, walk in the principles of his word. Amen? So you want to ask God. You want to listen to what he says that involves also obedience. The third thing that you want to do is to surround yourself with people of faith and encouragement. Now, David had a group of men who were uh, with him. These men were loyal to him, very, very loyal to him. As you know, some of these men went behind enemies land, uh, uh, enemies li- enemy lines. Can't speak English this morning. Went behind the enemy lines to get the water for David. Remember that story? They sacrificed and, and they risked their lives. So these men were loyal to David. And they were also people who believed in what God had called David to do, to be king of Israel. So they encouraged him regularly, and they sacrificed along with David so that they could see the purposes of God fulfilled in his life and in the land of Israel. Friends, without faith, breakthrough will never come. Just like without obedience to the word, without faith, we're not going to see breakthrough. We just completed a five-week series on faith before the Hanukkah season where we talked about how faith sees beyond the natural eye and that faith doesn't focus on the circumstance or on people. But its eyes are on the all-powerful creator of the heavens and earth, the one true God of Israel. As one writer put it, don't let the facts cancel your faith because truth always triumphs and the truth is the word of God. That's why we are encouraged in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we walk by faith and not by sight. See, when you're struggling and you're looking for release and breakthrough, you want to surround yourself with people who believe with you, who fight with you, and who pray with you until the release comes. Amen? See, that's what David had. Men and women who were ready to fight and to press forward to see the breakthrough. David didn't go into battle alone. He didn't win against the Philistine all by himself. The entire army came up with him. Men and women of faith who believed in the God of Israel and believed in what God was doing in that day and hour with David as their king. You need to surround yourself with men and women of faith. Men and women who know the word of God, who know the promises of God, and who will stand upon the word of God to see that breakthrough and release in your life. Can I get an amen? I'll just say it simply. Some of you need to change your friends. I got a few nods there. It's just true. Because again, you're listening to the wrong people. When I'm in the trenches, when I'm struggling, because I, I don't see the, the, the promise of God in my life, and when hell is breaking out against me, you know, uh, 
I'm not uh, going to go, you know, uh, to the TV to, to listen to the news to find out what I'm going to do. I call upon the God, and I, and I reach out, you know, to my family, to my husband. I reach out to the believers in my family in Missouri, and I cry out and say, stand with me. Pray with me. I'm struggling. I don't see what is happening. It's hard. It's been difficult. So men and women of faith. Think of the, uh, uh, the believers, the Talmudim in Acts chapter 1. It says that they all devoted themselves single-mindedly to prayer. They all gathered together in faith, supporting one another. Acts chapter 1. What happened in Acts chapter 2? Hello? Outpouring of the Ruach. Like a mighty rushing wind, the Spirit of God, the Ruach Elohim, blew into that room and, and, and landed upon those people gathered in that upper room. And he poured himself out upon them. And they begin to speak in other languages and tongues. A, a fire rested on their head. And that not only that, but from there they went out into the streets and they began to, to speak the good news that hundreds and thousands came to faith at one moment, that people were healed by their shadows as they walked in the street. Why? Because they joined their faith together. They surrounded themselves with men and women of faith, and together they pressed into the presence of God, and God manifested himself, and God released his power and his might and his presence, and they made a difference in their generation. Friends, that's what we need. We need to gather together. We need to surround each other with our faith to encourage one another, to join together in prayer. I can tell you Thursday night was a powerful night of prayer. It was small in attendance, and that's going to change, and you're going to help it to change, okay? There's no prayer this Thursday night, but when Thursday night prayer comes, you need to be here. Uh, My daughter led prayer this Thursday night. I'm going to tell you, the presence of God was here in a powerful way, okay? We lingered again, and, you know, even though it was only supposed to be an hour, it was, a, you know, an hour and a half before we left here, because God showed up, and there was a cry as we just uh, sat here, and we just lingered, and it just each of us just beginning to cry out, God, for more of you. God, to touch us, God, to move in our congregation, to move in our island, to move among our Jewish people, we're gathering together to support one another, to press in to his presence for this congregation and then for each of our individual lives. You need friends like the paralytic men had. Remember, his friends carried him to Yeshua, and they cut a hole in the roof to let him down so he could be healed. Those are the type of people you need to surround yourself with. Mark 2, 4 says of these men, these friends, they could not get near Yeshua because of the crowd. So what they do? Do they say to their friends, sorry, we tried. There's too many people here. You know, we've tried, we're pressing in, but this crowd is just too big. We're sorry, you're not going to get healed today. Nah. These men had faith. 
These men knew that Yeshua was the answer to their friend's paralysis, and they did whatever they could do to get that man into the presence of Yeshua, knowing that he and he alone could heal this man. So it says that they went there, and, and, they, and somehow they climbed up over the roof, and it says they stripped the roof back, they tied ropes onto the mat, and they uh, let him down into the room right in front of Yeshua. That's the type of friend I want. Friend who is going to say, you know what? There's a big crowd here, Carol, but don't worry about it. I'm going to get you there. Follow me. I'm going to get you there. Follow me. Now, the Browns Rule Revival, whenever we went, my niece Tiffany was that person. If you wanted to get prayed for by Steve Hill, you follow Tiffany. She'd get you there. You want to surround yourself with men and women of faith who are willing to press in through the crowds to help you touch the seat seat of God so that you could receive the release and the breakthrough that you need in your life. So it's time for your breakthrough. How is it going to happen? First, you're going to seek God. Second, you're going to listen to what he says. Third, you're going to surround yourself with friends who have faith that is as great as yours or greater. Fourth thing is you're going to go to the enemy's camp. You're going to go to the enemy's camp. Friends, we need to stop just sitting around, hoping and a-wishing and a-waiting. We have to actively take our part You see, David had seen the years of oppression by the Philistines. He knew what the enemy could do. He knew what the enemy wanted to do in the present situation. And he was ready to throw off the yoke of the Philistines and to walk in victory over them. So he engaged the enemy. Many of us are waiting for God to move. And God's waiting for us to move. God will do the supernatural. You and I cannot do that. We cannot manufacture it. We cannot fake it. No matter how hard we try. But God will never do what we're supposed to do. Although some of us would like him to do that. Wave that magical wand over us and poof, you know, and then our will is ready to do those things. No, we have to engage our own will. And as we engage our own will, he steps in and does the supernatural. Think about it. When Adonai took the children of Israel into the promised land, he said to them, here's the land. Now go in and fight for it. What, God? You told me you're going to give me a promised land. Yes, here it is. Now go fight for it. Why do we allow the enemy to torment us and beat us up and walk all over us? Because we get our focus on the wrong thing. Again, our battle, as I said earlier, is not with flesh and blood. Why are you letting the enemy 
rob you of the breakthrough and release that Adonai has for you, for your family, for this congregation. Friends, we need to stop being lazy. I'm speaking to myself just as well as you, so don't get, you know, flustered. I need to stop being lazy. God challenged me through this message as I'm preparing it. The breakthrough that I want so bad for this congregation, the release that I want to see in my life in the different areas that I feel God has spoken to me about, the, the release that I want to see in my family, the salvation of family members who do not yet know Yeshua, that if Yeshua were to come tonight, that they would spend eternity in darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That that I desire, am I willing to go and fight for it? Is what God is saying to me. And it's what he's saying to you. Are you going to fight the enemy to see the release in your family, to see the salvation of your loved ones? Are you going to fight to see the release in your life and in this congregation to see the revival and the breakthrough among our Jewish people? Well, David was ready to fight, to engage the enemy. And God encourages us to do this over and over again in his word. Looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13, we're encouraged by Rav Shaul. Finally, grow powerful in union with the Lord in union with his mighty strength. Use all the armor and weaponry that God provides so that you will be able to stand against the deceptive tactics of the adversary. For we are not struggling against human beings, but against the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers governing this darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So take up Every piece of war equipment that God has provided. Let's say that again. Take up every piece of war equipment that God has provided. He's given us the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. What are we doing with these weapons? For many of us, they're sitting in the corner collecting dust. And God says, pick up the weapons that I have given you and engage the enemy. So that when the evil day comes, and that day comes to everyone, again, there's an enemy as we talked at the beginning, and he comes to devour and to fight against you. You will be able to resist. And when the battle is won, you will still be standing. We need to fight the fight of faith. We need, we used to sing a song years ago. It was my son's, son's favorite song when he was very little. We tell the story how we went to get pictures taken. And, you know, they're trying to get uh, him to smile. And like, oh, sing his favorite song, like the Incy Bitsy Spider. And I looked at my husband. He looked at me and we're like, well, yeah, we're going to sing. I went to the enemy's camp. That's what we need to do. Go to the enemy's camp and take back what he has stolen from us, okay? He steals our finances. He steals our health. He steals our relationships. 
He wants to deny us of the power and presence and the favor of God in our lives. Well, David was not going to be denied on that day. And not only on that day, but every day of his life, he was willing to engage the enemy to see the, the victory that God promised Israel and promised him as king of Israel. We need to have that same resolve. God, we are going to fight the battle knowing that you go before us. God says he goes before us as a mighty man of war leading us into victory. But we have to follow, and we have to fight, and we have to engage the enemy. One article I was reading about breakthrough said, breakthrough is breaking through a barrier. What the psalmist calls jumping over a wall, it is when you penetrate your enemy's defense. They've been trying to defend you off, but all of a sudden you move in. It's an anointed increase, which will make people wonder what is happening to you. It is being lifted up above all the enemies around about you. And then he goes on to say, the devil does not let go easily on his prey. He has to be forced. Did you get it? The devil's not going to say, okay, I'll let you go. All right. You want me to attack your health? Okay, I won't bother you. No. It's by force. But the force and the power that we have is not our own because we are coming in the power anointing of God Almighty who tells us to submit to him and to resist the devil and he must what? Flee. He has to let go. The enemy of our soul, this writer said, will not give you honorary victory at all. Many people have honorary degrees. This means that they did not sweat to study for it. They were given them free of charge. The enemy will not give you that kind of freedom that you did not sweat for. If there is any problem in your life now, the truth is that your life has something worth contesting for. And you need to fight the enemy of your soul. There are powers trying to prevent your breakthrough. And I'm not talking about things you can see with your natural eyes. There are powers over this room here to, right now, today. As you got up this morning, there were, there, there were, were spiritual beings Demonic ones trying to keep you from getting here. Right? Because they don't want you to be encouraged in the Lord. Or, you know, once you get here, distracting your mind and, 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 and things by stuff you have to do later or what's happening in the week. But there's also angelic forces who are contending to try to, to help you get here and to make the way. And we're called to join in that battle, to fight for our freedom and for our breakthrough. Adonai has promised us favor and a year of release. Do you think the enemy of your soul wants you to experience that? No way. So I say to you, fight with all your might. 
Don't let the enemy continue to rob and steal from you. This is the year of the favor of the Lord. This is a year of release. Don't allow the enemy to take that from you or from me or from this congregation. Let us use the weapons that God has given us to overcome and to defeat him once and for all and to see that breakthrough and release that God has promised. Last, know that God's power is greater than any enemy that you are facing. You say, David believed the word of the Lord. Adonai said to him, attack, and I will certainly hand the Philistine over to you. And so David attacked because he believed God was going to do it. Because he had a history with God that involved a relationship of trust, and he knew that the God that he served was all-powerful. Think of his words to Goliath. I love how he comes out to Goliath, and I love what he says. In Shmuel Allah, 1 Samuel 17, verse 45 and 6, David answered the Pilishti, Goliath, You are coming at me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I am coming at you in the name of Adonai Tzivaot, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have challenged. Today, Adonai will hand you over to me. I will attack you. I will lop off your head, and I will give the carcasses of the army of the Philistine to the birds in the air and the animals in the land. Then all the land will know that there is a God in Israel. Friends, that has to be our mindset towards the enemy when he comes in. We need to say, not in a cocky way, David was not being cocky, he just knew the God whom he served. And we need to say to the enemy of our soul, when he raises his head up, when he comes around uh, praying and trying to pray upon us, we need to say, I come to you, not in my own power, not in my own strength, but I come to you in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, the name above all names, King of kings and Lord of lords. I come to you in the power of Adonai Tzivaot, the Lord God of Israel. And today, I'm going to eat you for lunch because you have been defeated by Yeshua. Know the power of God. David had complete confidence in God's ability to deliver him and to break through on his behalf. It didn't matter how impossible it looked. Going back to that fight with Goliath, no one but no one but no one but no one else in the army of Israel would go out and face this giant. There was no one. King Saul was offering uh, all sorts of things. To the person who would go out and face him, nobody wanted to even face him. Why? Because they did not have confidence that they could win because they did not trust in the God of Israel and his power and his might. But David knew that God was going to deliver Israel on that day. And he figured if no one else is going to do it, Hineni, here I am, God. Right? If no one else is going to do it, 
I am here, God, because you are going to shut the mouth of this giant and you are going to deliver my people today. And we, again, need to have that same attitude that David had. I don't care what you are facing. I don't uh, care how impossible the situation may seem to you. You may be down to your last dollar. You may feel that there is no hope for you and that there is no way out. But I want to tell you that our God is able. And he has breakthrough waiting for you and me. In fact, we're told in Melachim Bet, 2 Kings 5.18, that's an easy thing to do from Adonai's perspective. So whatever it is that you're facing right now, that you say there is no way that I can get release in this area of my life, I want you to look at this verse and I want you to realize it's an easy thing to do from God's perspective. It's not too difficult for him. God is ready to break through in our lives today. Why do you think hell is hitting you so hard? Why do you think you're going through what you're going through? Why do you think you're experiencing these strange trials in your life? Because breakthrough is right in front of you. You're on the edge of breakthrough. Amen? So I just want to close as my husband comes to the keyboard and just encourage you with the different types of breakthrough. First is spiritual breakthrough. There are some of you here today who feel spiritually dry. The enemy makes it worse by telling you that you are not worthy or good enough and that you'll never make it. Alanai says it's breakthrough time. For all of us, Adonai wants to open up the windows of heaven over your life, over our lives, and over this congregation, this island, this nation, our Jewish people. And he wants to pour out his ruach and send not just revival, but a great awakening to this land once again. What's the key to this? To have a hunger and a thirst for more of God. To be desperate to be desperate, to be desperate for his presence more than anything else. You want to see spiritual breakthrough? Then you have to hunger and thirst for more of him. God's ready to break through spiritually on behalf of this congregation and on your life if you will position yourself. Some of you are on the verge of breakthrough for healing. I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter how long you have suffered with this pain or sickness. He is Adonai Rafa, and he wants to break through in your health, releasing healing power into your body today. Everywhere Yeshua went, he healed the sick, he cast out the demons. Blinded eyes were opened, deaf ears were made to hear, the lame were able to walk. Breakthrough came to each of the people he touched. And he wants you and I to experience that same healing power in our body today. What's the key to this breakthrough? Believing that he is your healer. That it was accomplished 2,000 years ago on the tree of sacrifice.
Some of you need a breakthrough in your finances, and you're right on the edge of that. And we make declarations over each one of you who tithe and give offerings to Adonai. And the blessing we read today is a promise that God is going to give financial breakthrough. But I want to tell you right now, if you're not tithing and giving an offering, you need to start today. Because that step of obedience is the key to the release in this area of your life. And as I said earlier, you don't obey, you can pray till you're blue in the face. Release isn't coming. Release is not coming. For those who do tithe and do give an offering and for this congregation, we need to expect God to rebuke the devourer and expect an abundance that cannot be contained because that's the promise he made. And finally, for others, you need breakthrough in a relationship. I want to tell you now that God is a God of reconciliation. He wants to restore relationships, not tear them apart. But the enemy comes to divide and destroy marriages, families, and congregations. But God wants to bring release into your marriage and into your family today. What's the key to seeing this? Forgiveness. Even as Abigail shared in her debauchor, walking in obedience to God's command to forgive. I would encourage where you are right now is not your end. As we saw in the Parsha today, the pit was not the end for Yosef. God brought him out. He had a promise and he had a vision. And Adonai broke through in his life to see him raised to that position so that he could help his family. In the passage we read from Shmuel, God broke through for David and, and gave victory to him and the Israelites. And God has a breakthrough for you and me and Beth Emanuel today. I want to close by reading this uh, little post that my husband put on Facebook this week about breakthrough. As I do, I want to encourage the people who pray with uh, us to come up and get your in place. And my husband posted it on his timeline. It says, don't stop now. Your breakthrough is right around the corner. The last mile is often the longest one. So keep moving forward and look for ways to pull ahead and win. Someone is about to step in and give you a break. And I want to tell you who that someone is. That someone is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Yeshua HaMashiach. He is ready to step in to your situation and into this congregation and break through. Like those waters break through the dam, like those waters break through the banks, and that mighty rushing to bring deliverance and freedom. So we need to continue to believe in miracles and to work, to fight, to bring about a victory. Strengthen our faith to believe that anything is possible. Friends, I want to tell you right now, it's time for your breakthrough. I want you to stand at your feet as we go to pray. My husband's going to minister in song. You need a breakthrough in your life. I don't want you to hang back. I don't want you to wait. Oh, I don't know. I know. You want a breakthrough? Get your tuchus down here. And have someone agree with you today that God will manifest that release in your life, that this is the day of his favor. This is the day of release. This is the day of breakthrough. Come and receive prayer in Yeshua's name.